lesson I learned a long time ago in business is that you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. And so I took that advice early on in my business and I've made sure that I have found ways to diversify my income streams, to make sure that I have different ways of making money in my business or with multiple businesses so that if one of those streams gets cut off, as in the case with this pandemic and my photography business, I always have something as a backup. Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome to a fun bonus episode of the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in in addition to our regular episode this week. So the purpose behind this fun bonus episode is I want to always make sure that on this podcast, I am sharing the real, the raw, the nitty gritty behind running a business, which includes some of the behind the scenes of what's been going on in my own business. With everything that's happened in the past few months, my photography business has basically come to a standstill. I have not been able to fulfill wedding photography gigs. I have not been able to book sessions or fulfill sessions that I already had on the calendar, which means that my income for those sessions has also been cut off. Now, a lesson I learned a long time ago in business is that you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. And so I took that advice early on in my business and I've made sure that I have found ways to diversify my income streams, to make sure that I have different ways of making money in my business or with multiple businesses so that if one of those streams gets cut off, as in the case with this pandemic and my photography business, I always have something as a backup. Being an entrepreneur and running your own business is never easy and having one business is always a lot to handle. But if you are running a business or building a business that is service-based, that is one-on-one with other people, you always want to make sure that you have a backup plan or a safety net in place if something were to happen to your business or something were to happen to you. If you are the sole person running your business, then you need to have something in place to help provide income in the event that you are unable to fulfill your job. An example of this is a couple of years ago, I had to go into the hospital suddenly to have gallbladder surgery, to have my gallbladder removed. And it was over a holiday weekend, so I went in on a Friday. They couldn't do surgery until the following week, and so I spent about five days in the hospital basically waiting to have surgery and then recovering from the surgery. And then when I came home, I had a day or a couple days of rest and not going back to work. So even though it was only about a week to a week and a half that I was unable to work, In that week and a half, I lost money in my business. I was not able to make money in my business because my business required me to be one-on-one with other people performing a service in person. And it just solidified the fact for me that I needed to diversify my income and find other income streams that would sustain or help support my income in the event that I was not able to perform my job. And as we all know, in the last couple of months with the pandemic and quarantine and shutdowns, 
that if you run a business that is either a brick and mortar or you provide a service one-on-one in person, that you've probably had the same thing happen in the last couple of months where your business was not making money. And so today in this little bonus episode, I want to talk about diversifying your income, creating different income streams. And through that, I want to tell you about how I'm doing that in my business and a new opportunity that was presented to me and why I was able and eager to jump on this new opportunity. So let's start with different ways to diversify your income. So for me, my main source of income, my main business is my photography business. That is the bread and butter of my brand. When that goes away, I need to make sure I have something else that can support it in its place. One of the ways that I do that is with photography mentoring. This can be done virtually. While I prefer it be in person, I have done virtual online mentoring sessions because I don't always have clientele that's local to the Dallas area, and I have people who want to do mentoring sessions from other locations and will meet online. That is one way to diversify your income. So if you are not wanting to move away from the brand that you have or the business that you have, just find ways within your business to kind of branch out in other areas. An example of that is I know a friend that's a florist. She does floral design for weddings and events. And another way that she adds income streams to her business is she has hosted workshops where she has taught in-person classes how to create different floral arrangements. When everything was shut down, she took her workshops online and she taught them virtually to anyone that wanted to pay a smaller fee to come online and watch her create, or she could tell them what they needed to have ahead of time. I know locally there is a cooking class, a cooking school that my daughter has attended in the past. They do fun cooking camps for kids. And they couldn't do in-person camps this summer, and so they were doing them virtually. They would send you a grocery list of all the things you needed to have, and then every morning at 9 o'clock, you log into the website, you get to watch the instructor walk you through how to create, you can ask questions through the Zoom meetings, and then you get to just do it at home yourself. They're still able to provide an income, they're still able to provide something of value for their clientele, they're just doing it in a more creative way. I've seen wedding planners and event planners create a digital version of what they help their clients do in person so that if someone can't afford a full-on day of planner or a you know planner for their event or their wedding, they could purchase something from their shop that would provide them with similar services just in a digital form. If you want to stay within your expertise, if you want to stay within the business you've already created, then find ways to get creative. Find ways to figure out how you can add other items of value that don't require you to trade time for money. Because ultimately, that is something that's going to put a cap on how much your business can grow, as well as cause you to struggle in times when you aren't able to work one-on-one with clients. And so having a way to go from trading time for money to having a product or a service that can be done at any time of the day, anywhere, virtually online, or through the mail, those are things that are going to help keep your income streams coming in when your original bread and butter business is unable to perform. Another example would be for photographers, and this is one that I use within my business, 
is stock photography. So a couple years ago, I started going through all of my weddings and sessions and just fun things I had done with my kids and finding photos that I could use as stock images. And I would submit them to Adobe Stock. I put them in an, on my Etsy site. I will now create specific stock photography images, which I love because it allows me to be creative. It's working with products instead of people. I can go into my studio or I can just find some really nice light in my house and I can create. And that's a really easy way for me to not have to be trading time for money or dealing with clients in a way that I can still provide income for my business. Another income stream that I have in my business is referral credits. So there are several companies that I work with that I personally use in my business and I fully believe in, and they have a referral program, which means that when I share my personal link with someone else and they sign up for that product or service, I get a portion of their spending. So an example would be HoneyBook. I have been with HoneyBook for years. It's the client management program that I use in my business, and I absolutely love it and believe in it. So when someone is asking my opinion or asking for a product referral, I can give them my unique code. If they sign up using my code, then I get money in return. You've probably heard me even mention it here on the podcast, along with other ones such as Flowdesk, QuickBooks, and several others that I have worked with. So if you have companies that you are already working with that offer a referral program, make sure that you have links to those that you can share. I like to keep a notes tab open on my computer. So I have a MacBook. I have a little the little notes app. I also have the sticky notes app. And I just have a page where it has every referral link I might need for my business. So I have one for all of my welcome guides. I have one for referral codes for HoneyBook and Flowdesk and QuickBooks. I've got all the links in one place, so I don't have to go searching for it. If I see somebody on Facebook or through a messenger or through a text message, they ask me for a referral or they ask me what I use, I can quickly copy and paste that link. And then every time somebody signs up using that link, I get money in my pocket. It's a really simple, easy way to add an income stream to your business. Some of the other income streams that I've done is I created a whole separate brand with Girl Means Business. So I have this podcast where I'm working on getting sponsorships to help pay for this podcast. I have the Business Builders membership site where I'm having monthly recurring revenue for that. And I have other plans for courses and programs and things that I will be able to offer as an online purchase that doesn't require me to trade my time for money. So when you combine all of those things, I have multiple streams of income that are feeding into my account each month, allowing me to take the pressure off of my photography business and allowing me to not stress about where my money's coming from if I don't have sessions booked or what's going to happen if we have to shut down again or what's going to happen if I get sick and can't work. Those are all things that when you are working as the sole provider for your business, can really be stressful and overwhelming. But when you have extra income streams helping to support that, you don't feel that stress as much. One question that I hear when I talk about having multiple income streams in my business is, how do you go about figuring out what income streams are right for you? And my answer to that is really simple. And that is, be open to all opportunities that come your way. 
And this is kind of the meat of what I want today's episode to be about, because I want to tell you a story about how I changed my opinion on something and allowed myself to be open to an opportunity that is now a new income stream for my brand. So years ago, when I was first starting out as a teacher, I was introduced to multi-level marketing businesses, MLMs, also known as network marketing businesses. I signed on with a company my second year in teaching because I realized really quickly on that teachers do not make nearly enough money to live on. And if I wanted to pay off debt or pay off my car or have money to travel and go on vacations, that I was going to need to supplement my teacher income. And so getting on board with a multi-level marketing company seemed like a really good fit because it didn't require me to quit my teaching job. I could do it as a side hustle on the weekends, evenings, summers, all those things. And so I joined this company and right away I realized it was not a great fit for me. The company itself, the products were great, but I did not like their method of how they wanted to push their products. In fact, I remember going to someone in my upline's house one night. They were having, it was the end of the month, they were having what they call a push party. And we would all go and we would sit around their living room or on the, around the dining room table with our cell phones and our address books. And they would say, okay, we have two hours. Whoever can make the most phone calls and the most sales will win a prize at the end of the night. And they wanted us to sit around and cold call people in our phone book and get them to purchase products. And it just did not feel like, it, did, it didn't feel natural to me, and it didn't feel like something I was comfortable with. I made an excuse of why I had to leave early, and I got out of there. And after that, I was like, I'm, this is not for me. So I immediately kind of wrote off all MLMs as being that way. Well, fast forward several years, and I'm building my photography business, and I'm realizing that I need to have multiple income streams, and I want to have something else that I can have support me in case that my photography isn't working. And I was getting ready to leave my teaching job and I wanted to have a little bit of a safety net. And so I jumped into another MLM program along the same lines of the first one that I had joined. And it was the same concept, but a little different because social media had been introduced and they were wanting us to DM people and randomly friend people that we thought would be good clients or good you know, leaders in our company and could come on as our team member. And it just felt icky. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. 
And a few months ago, and I don't remember what episode it was in, I made a passing comment about MLMs and the fact that they were not my favorite way to run a business. And I had a couple people DM me and just say, you know, hey, I, I don't want you putting down MLMs because there's a lot of really great ones out there. I don't want the one or two that you've worked with to completely skew your vision of what this can do for people in their lives. And I admitted that I had been very judgmental towards these types of businesses because of my personal experience. And I had closed myself off to opportunities. And so after I sort of chatted with these ladies in DM and went back and forth and they opened my eyes to the fact that there are some really great companies out there. And really when you think about it, there are so many network marketing companies. It's ridiculous. And a lot of the times we don't even think about some of these companies as being like that. And I guarantee you, we all know somebody who works with one or has had experience with one, or we have purchased products from one. And I pulled up a list of like the top multi-level marketing companies in 2020. And out of like the 200, I think that were listed, there were only a handful that I did not recognize. And most of those were based on in different countries. But things like Mary Kay and Tupperware and Young Living and Pampered Chef and Scentsy and Arbonne and Beachbody, those are all companies that I have purchased from or that I have products that I enjoy from. And I know people whose lives have been changed because of these types of companies. And I realized that I had shut myself off to seeing the opportunities that could be there with other multi-level marketing business opportunities. So within that, I allowed myself to just kind of be open and you know, it's one of those things where when you start to see how you have kind of pushed all these things off into the peripheral, that when you start paying attention to them again, you start seeing it in a whole new light. And I started seeing how different people that I was friends with on Facebook or Instagram, and I would see them talking about the products or the company that they were working with. And I realized that things have changed a lot since 16 years ago when I very first started working with a multi-level marketing company. But even though my opinion of these companies had changed, I really wasn't looking for an opportunity. But I have one thing I've realized through building these businesses is that you always need to be open to opportunity because you never know where and when opportunity is going to come about. It could be the most random place, the most random person, the most random situation. And that's exactly what happened recently with me. So when everything shut down with COVID, my photography business came to a standstill. And even though I had additional income streams coming in, they're not built up to the level that my photography income currently is. They're still building, they're still growing. And so I started thinking, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity for me to start looking for other ways that we can add income streams to my brand, other opportunities. And I didn't really have any specific ideas in mind. I was just allowing myself to be open to whatever came my way. And I found myself, as I'm sure a lot of us did, on social media a whole lot more than I normally am. And I was starting to see people that I hadn't seen in a long time posting on social media. And one was a friend that I had worked with, a coworker from when I started teaching years ago. And she was posting about these new 
clothing, this athletic wear that she had started working with, this company that she started working with. I'd never heard of the company before, but the clothes she was wearing were really, really cute, and she had great things to say about it. And I thought, that's great. I'll support her. You know, as a business owner, as a female entrepreneur, I love to support anybody that is doing anything to grow a business or better themselves or get themselves out of a situation that they're not happy in. So I supported her by liking her posts and sharing them, commenting on them. And then I reached out to her and I just said, hey, tell me more about these clothes because we're all living in athleisure wear right now and I could use some really cute clothes. So tell me about it. So she sent me some information, but again, nothing more than just wanting to support her and her business. The more I started looking into this new brand, the more I got interested and the more I realized this might be an opportunity that I've been waiting for. This might be an opportunity that I would have completely looked past just a few months ago. But because I was allowing myself to be open to new opportunities and new ideas and new things that might come my way, this looked like an opportunity I wanted to learn more about. So I called her up and I said, okay, the clothes look great. Tell me more about the business. Tell me more about the brand. So she sent me some videos. I got on a couple Zoom calls and I really started diving into the brand because having done this twice before and not having done my due diligence of really understanding the company before I went in head first, I wanted to make sure that if this was something I really was going to embark on, I wanted to make sure I understood what the company was, what they stood for, if it was a good fit, because I've built a brand around the values I believe in, which is that women deserve to look and feel amazing and deserve to do things that make them feel good and that we can do incredible things and support women of all backgrounds and sizes and shapes and races and demographics and and ages and all of those things that I just, I want to make sure that any venture, any opportunity I dive into fits into that box that I have built for my brand. And so the more I learned about this company, the more I felt this pull towards it. And I want to tell you kind of the three things that I looked for when making the decision to work with this brand. And a little side note here, I'm not going to specifically talk about the brand, the company. If you want to learn more about what it is, I will share it in the show notes. But if you have questions or you're interested in learning more, you are welcome to reach out to me. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is just me sharing with you my journey to a new opportunity, a new income stream, and how I got there and what I did to make sure it was a really good fit for my business. Because if you are sitting there thinking, I need to diversify, I need to have multiple income streams because I can't sustain my business the way it is now with the way our world is today, and I need to make more money in different ways, I want to make sure that you understand what you should be looking for and how to go about that in a way that benefits you, that doesn't get you into an opportunity or situation that isn't a right fit for you, and that you can create multiple income streams that you feel really, really good about. Okay, so the three things that I looked for. One was how do they educate their ambassadors? This was a really big deal for me because as a former teacher, as someone who teaches other people about marketing and branding and building a business, I wanted to make sure I worked with a company that was going to support me in a way that did not feel salesy or pushy or in your face. 
So I asked the questions. I just, I talked to people that were already in the business and I said, tell me about your experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, because I want to know what I'm getting into. When you talk to people that are trying to get you to be part of their team, they're going to tell you the pretty shiny parts. I want to know the not so shiny parts so that I know what I'm walking into. So don't be afraid to ask those questions because people will most of the time be honest with you. They'll say, well, you know, this stuff's really great. There is this little side thing, but it's really not that big of a deal. Or they might say, yeah, this is kind of a problem. And then you have to decide what is best for you. When I knew this was a good fit for me was when I realized that this company was looking at this in a different perspective. They were coming at it as saying, look, you are the ones representing our brand. You are the ones helping us grow this company. So whatever we can do to support you and however that looks for you, we're willing to do. So if that means that we need to just provide you with really great products that you can wear and share, we'll do it. If that means that we need to provide you with tools to grow a business in a way that feels good for you and doesn't feel like you're being slimy and used car sales mini, then yeah, let's do that. And I love that they were willing to look at their ambassadors and say, what's working for you and how can we support you in that? Instead of coming at it from a perspective of, this is the way we're doing it and either you get on board or you don't. This is how it's worked in the past. Either you do it this way or or you don't. And I don't appreciate that approach. I like the approach of let's get in this together and let's figure out, you know, how can we all grow together and how can we support each other in that growth? And so that was a key factor for me. The second thing that really drew me in was the fact that this is a company that is catering towards women of all shapes, sizes, and ages. So a couple of years ago, I was at an open house event and there was a lady set up there selling athletic wear that was really, really cute. I mean, it had fun, colorful prints. They had yoga pants and sports bras and cute tops and jackets and athleisure wear. And I got really excited and I said, can I try some of these on? They had a little dressing room. We could try them on. And now typically in athletic wear, I wear an extra large, sometimes a large, depending on the brand. But I've never really had to go up above that. And if I have, it's only been because I want like a looser fit in something. So when I went to try on my normal size in these, I couldn't even get them past my knees. So I went back and I said, okay, these don't fit at all. Is this the right size? She goes, oh, well, yeah, you probably need to size up a couple sizes because our sizes run a little small. The women who started the company are super tiny and really fit, and they sort of built their brand around people who are similar to them. And immediately I was done. I was done. I said, well, that's ridiculous. Like, why would anyone want to wear a larger size than what they're used to, especially as women? Like, we need to go the other direction. If you want to make women feel good in their bodies and their clothes, then don't make them size up two or three sizes above what they normally would wear. And I've just carried that with me for the last couple of years. And every time I see someone promoting that that company, it just kind of digs a little in me because I'm like, no, this is not how women support women. And unfortunately, this is a trend and it's it breaks my heart because in America, the average size woman wears a 12 or 14. That's the average size. And I see so many people and I know several friends that are boutique owners or that sell clothing on their website or as part of their brand. 
and it caters to up to size 10. And I've asked them and I've said, do you offer this in a larger size? And if not, why don't you? And the majority of the response is, well, the designer that we bought it from or the company we got it from, they only make it up to a size large. And it just kills me because as someone who has always been curvier, as someone who at my smallest wears an eight, the fact that you don't make clothing for women that is the average size woman in America is a problem. And I know I'm on my soapbox here. I'm just going to go off on my little tangent. But if you are building a brand where you are going to cater to women, especially in the clothing industry, you need to cater to all women. And I will say there's one brand in particular that I am friends with the owner. She has done an amazing job of creating clothes that everybody can wear, no matter your size, your shape, or your age. And that is what this new company that I'm working with has done as well. And that was another selling point for me. The fact that I could go into this brand and have clothes that fit me and have clothes that fit people who are larger than me or smaller than me, that makes my heart happy. The fact that in all of the comments I read on a lot of their posts about different products, a lot of the ambassadors and the and even their clients were saying, you might need to size down in this because it runs a little bit large. Or buy your true to size size in this because it runs true to size. Very, very, very rarely have I seen within this company a comment or a post where someone says, you need to size up because this runs small. And the only item I saw that on was a sports bra. That was it. One out of like the five they have. And so that alone, the fact that I could see myself in their product and I could see my friends in their product, that made a huge difference for me. Because if I'm going to promote your product, I need to believe in it. You know, just like going back to the idea of having a referral code income stream, if I'm going to promote HoneyBook or Flowdesk or QuickBooks, I need to really use it and believe in it. And if I can't wear or use what you're offering, then I can't promote it. And if you're a company that is excluding half of the women in the country, you're going to have a little bit of a hard time promoting your product. So inclusivity was a huge turning point for me when it came to this company. And the third thing, the penultimate thing that got me interested in this opportunity was the fact that it is a brand new company. So they just started back in January. They are still in pre-launch. They're still kind of figuring out the nuts and bolts of it all. And I like that. And some people don't, and that's fine. If you're the type of person that like, you need to have everything already figured out before you walk into it. If you're someone who says, nope, I don't want to have to be part of the process. I want them to work out all the kinks and then I'll join in later on. Then this would not be the right thing for you. But for me, I liked the idea of getting in on the ground floor. And I looked at it as an opportunity to say, hey, what if I could go back in time and get on board with Amazon when it first started? Or what if I could get a piece of Facebook when it first began? Like, that's huge. And so the fact that I can see this company being something really great in the future and that I could be a part of its growth from the ground up, that was a really big turning point for me. 
And when you included all the other things, the fact that they were supportive of their ambassadors, they're not telling you what to do, they're helping you do what works best for you. The fact that they were inclusive of all shapes, sizes, and ages, and they really want to help women feel good about themselves, and the fact that they were a new company, all of those things fit really well into my core values of what I hold as a high standard for my brand. And so because of that, I said yes to this opportunity. Because of those things and because of the fact that I feel like this is a really good fit for my brand, I'm adding it as an income stream to my business. So if you're sitting here now and you're listening to this, you're thinking, yes, I need to add more income streams to my business, then I want you to really start with what are the core values of your brand? Because no matter how many businesses or how many income streams you have, they're all part of your brand. And you need to make sure that they are a good fit for your brand. So figure out what are your core values? What are the things that are non-negotiable? What are the things that you really stand for? And then be open to opportunities. So that when an opportunity comes your way and someone says, hey, I've got this great opportunity. I've got this really great idea. Or hey, I've thought of this really cool product. I really want to get out into the world. Do you want to partner with me on this? you're open and ready and you can ask the right questions and you can say, if it meets all of my criteria, then it's a yes. If it doesn't, then it's a no. So really knowing if it's a yes or a no based on these things can help you when an opportunity comes your way to quickly decide before the opportunity is gone to say, is this it or is it not? So I hope that through this fun little bonus episode, you are able to start looking at different ways you can add income streams to your business, different ways that you can have a safety net for whatever it is that is your bread and butter. You know, for me, it was the photography. For you, it's whatever your main business is. But then what are some other ways that you can ensure that if that main business isn't providing for one reason or another, you have other options available to you? If you have questions, if you want to know more about this topic, or you just want someone to help brainstorm with you some ideas on how to add income streams to your business, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me over in the Girl Means Business Facebook group. You can find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business, send me a DM, send me a message on Facebook, send me an email. I'm always here to help you. So that does it for this bonus episode. I hope to see you back here on Wednesday for our regular episode for the week. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and I hope to hear from you soon. See you on Wednesday.